Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Poetry Superhighway Live. It's Sunday, March 9th, 2008, unless, of course, you're listening to this show in the archives, in which case it's sometime in the future. That's important to note because this is a live call-in show, and I'm inviting everyone to call in and read your poetry, if indeed it is Sunday, March 8th, 9th, sorry, 2008. If on your calendar it's something completely different, you will not be able to call in because you're listening to something that happened in the past. Now, uh, one of the missions of the Poetry Superhighway, in addition to exposing as many people to as many other people's poetry as possible, is to perfect the art of time travel. So if you do have that technology, and it is the future, I invite you to call into the past and read your poetry. We welcome you. The number to call in is 646-716-7362. Please call in and share your poetry. We have no content or style restrictions. It's an open reading going on for the next hour. I'd love to hear your work. I would love to share it with everyone who's listening and all the people of the future who will be listening to the show in the archive, thus making notes about what it was like way back then on Sunday, March 9th, 2008. My name is Rick Lupert. I'm the host of the program and the, the mighty force behind the Poetry Superhighway. You might want to sit down just, uh, just to uh, revel in my awesomeness. I'll give you a minute. All right, so uh, we already have some callers on the line, and we're going to get to them right away. Uh, But again, call in if you'd like. The number is 646-716-7362. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Our first caller is from the 818 area code. Hello. Um, Hello. Hi, who's this? Dave Nordling. Hey, Dave. Hey, how you doing, Rick? How you doing? Good, thanks. Yeah, you well, don't sound like, I, sound like you're coughing up quite a bit there. <laughs> well, I, uh, I am. Um, it's it's that time of year. Oh yeah, allergy season, my favorite. Yeah, have a bit of issue with that. Well, um, I just had a couple pieces I could share with you to get things uh, kicked off, and uh, happy to be a part of it. Um, let's see here. Um, I was in, in my uh, exuberance to be a part of this reading. I forgot to actually bring the poetry, but now I've got, I've got the bag right here. Uh, let's, <laughs> well, yeah, let me just, uh, so let me just say, I, I, actually, actually, Dave, I, I, just because I happen to know you, but other people might not, you are from the Los Angeles area. That's right. Santa Monica. And specifically. Santa, oh, you live in Santa Monica. Okay. And you, um, you also host a reading in Santa Monica, too. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. The, the Rap Saloon, R-A-P-P Saloon.com. Um, it's in the uh, International Youth Hostel of Santa Monica, and it's the oldest uh, it's the oldest historical landmark of the city of Santa Monica. And we're happy to get the space every Friday. Uh, we start at about 8:30, and readers get eight minutes. And we've been going for about seven years now. Um, we are kind of the uh, splinter faction from the old uh, Midnight Special bookstore that was on the promenade for 
almost three decades until uh, financial hard times closed their doors in uh, 2003. And so now we are the sole surviving relic of uh, what was, uh, there were quite a few readings out on the uh, extreme west side of Santa Monica. Now I think the only two that are left um, is us and the uh, the Unurban Coffee House, uh, which is called the uh, Velvet Gorilla Cabaret. So we've got a uh, loud and proud trend, uh, loud and proud trend tradition. <laughs> if I can get it out. Um, yeah, I'm uh, one of four. I'm one of four co-hosts. Uh, you know, Monty Monty Suri, Joe Camhai, and Brenda Petrakos. All uh, we all uh, trade off the duties since you know it's really tough to run a reading each and every week. I Honestly, Rick, I don't know how you managed to do it every <laughs> every Tuesday for 14 years. <laughs> uh, you know, there's some Tuesdays uh, that I don't know either, <laughs> yeah. for that matter. I mean, for, the, for those of you listening who don't know, I host a weekly poetry reading also in the Los Angeles area in Canoga Park at a place called the Cobalt Cafe, and I've done it just about every week for, for 14 years. And uh, and there you go. And and it is, it's, yeah. uh, you know, some nights it's it's just a habit and it's easy and some, you know, it's it's not always uh, so so easy, but uh, what can you do? Yeah, well, um, I suppose sometimes you have to make your penance for, uh, you know, crimes committed in past lives and maybe maybe that's it. Right. <laughs> you were, you were destined the, to do a poetry reading for 14 years. Not to mention the crimes I've committed recently. Oh, well, that, that's separate, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So let's hear what you got. Sure. Uh, this one's called Sonata. Um, it's a little on the tame side, but, you know, uh, I like it. Piano keys playing the sonata gently and steadily over quiet faces and hands folded. Attentive eyes and forward gaze while one plays looking at no one, knowing each note and feeling each beat. The fingers reach and find their home in the hundred or so places they must go. Captive in the melody, we fall into it. We forget time and enjoy what your ears bring to our near-sleeping mind. Happy are we while we listen, and happy again in the last moment. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, you got another one? Yeah, yeah. Followed up with another another short one. Um, I'm a uh, recovering uh, coffee addict, and... Uh, of course, I, I just got back from the four and twenty uh, with uh, having brunch with Angel Perales over in uh, Valley Village, and uh, they uh, they keep the coffee flowing. So I call this one breathing. Well, hold on a sec. Did you the say bre- breathing or breathing? Breathing, breathing, okay. as in as as in coffee is as necessary as breathing in the morning. <laughs> got it. <laughs> the breathing, pulsing, gurgle, sighing, liquid rolling, dripping, pooling, black. Steaming sighs, rhythm breaks with popping air rattles, nucleate boiling, drops slowing, popping, puffing, gas expended. Get a cup, it's ready. Mm, very nice. Yeah. I, do, do you happen to have a poem called Breeding? Breeding? <laughs> well, I did do a poem called Fox City, and uh, I, I think that's very much the antithesis of, uh, of the nobler prospect of what sex is about. So... Um, so actually, I'll have to say no. <laughs> well, there you go. That's um, you know, I'm just trying to cater to all the levels of our of our uh, listening audience and et cetera. So, yeah. but uh, certainly okay. enjoyed a, a breathing. So you were you were uh, you were out having a coffee with fellow poets uh, this morning. You said. Yeah, yeah. Angel Angel Paralysis is one of our uh, one of one of my good friends and uh, one of my one of my favorite writers. And, uh, 
I know he's uh, he's at work right now. Uh, Angel works Angel works for uh, KCAL nine in uh, Los Angeles. He's a journalist, a, a former journalist for Hard Copy, and uh, when Hard Copy folded, he uh, became a, a writer and producer for uh, uh, for the C- for CBS Evening News out of the Los Angeles office. So, unfortunately, he yeah he couldn't call in. I, I did tell him about today, but uh, you know his uh, he he makes his he makes his money on the weekends when all the all the good shit's happening. Well, we're going to have to raise money to to pay the poets to quit their jobs to be able to call in, I guess. Uh, but Dave, I'm really ha- <laughs> I'm really happy that that you called in, and I know we we spoke in uh, email about possibly doing a um, a special edition of this program for the Rap Saloon or Rap Saloon Live and. And we should uh, continue to, to talk about that. It sounds like a great idea. Yeah, Monty was really positive about that, and it's uh, that's my hope that he'll call in today on on this reading because uh, yeah, I, I think this is a great idea. Cool. Well, thank you so much for calling in, and um, you've got a lot of the rest of the day to to have some more coffee and uh, and breathe and breathe <laughs> if you're so inclined, and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk with you soon. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Rick. All right, that was uh, Dave Nordling from Santa Monica calling in. He hosts a reading at the Raps, which is in Santa Monica, on uh, 2nd Street every Friday night, a reading that uh, that I've participated in several times over the years. And uh, as someone who uh, you know lives in Los Angeles, I, I guess I have the benefit of being able to go to many different readings. So um, we are going to move to another part of the country now and we have a caller on the line right now from the 207 area code. Hello. Yes. Is this Rick Lupert? This is Rick Lupert. Who am I talking to? This is Peter Schwartz. And I don't know the world, what the world thinks, but as far as I'm concerned, I'm talking to a legend. It's very nice to talk to you and meet you, Rick. <laughs> well, it's the, the pleasure is mine. <laughs> the pleasure is mine, Peter. I know we've been... Uh, you, you were a featured poet on the Poetry Superhighway Recently, uh, Feb- in February, and uh, ah, yes. a few times over uh, over uh, over the years. Yep, it's your, definitely, it's de- your site is definitely one of those that I consider it my home. You know, a place that I'll always regularly submit to. Your site's great. Well, man, if if it's your home, I should start charging rent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I didn't mean that at all. <laughs> <laughs> so where you, you're in? Um, where do you live? Augusta, you Maine. Augusta, Maine. Wow. I live in. Uh, I'm looking out right now, and there's big forests and about oh, I don't know, four feet of snow on the ground. Well, not to be outdone, we in Los Angeles have forests of buildings that I live <laughs> on, on right now. That, uh, it is kind of sounds, sounds rustic. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> um, they encourage you not to light fires for some of the same reasons as ah, you don't yeah. light them in the forest. But uh, um, really enjoyed your poem, "How to Survive an Execution," which you, um, which you, which we posted on the Poetry Superhighway a few weeks ago. So um, you have something to? Did you, you? I assume you have something to read. Yes, if I could, I'd like to read a poem I call "A Bachelor's Death." Go right ahead. I am human antique, living red-handed in the house of winter. (coughs) These past few months have been eternal. I've played wife to the lower part of my heart and survived in stages. Tea, lunch, bed. I've spread myself like cold sheets 
over the couch, table, chairs. Because the untouched, although hollow, is the easiest form of survival to swallow. I've dreamt of playgrounds and graveyards in the same pale light, remembering away the six-year-old me right off the monkey bars. I've pushed a thousand words straight through the face of my tombstone, then watched them shrink in fetid puddles by the doghouse. I've dressed and undressed my needs for summer, spring, and fall, all the while hoping some woman would come bring me the tiny transfusion of a kiss. But she's probably pacing the hallways of her own haunted house somewhere, probably has bills and a diary of her own to tend to, her own needs and children to whisper away in the night. Very nice, Peter. Thanks. Very nice. Um, so do you, uh, here's the standard question that all other readers get, do you participate in in readings in the in the Augusta, Maine area? No, I really don't. Um, I, uh, uh, you know, to switch gears here a little, uh, I, I'm being represented by the Amsterdam Whitney Gallery in New York City, and um, so I hope, you know, I hope at some point to, you know, if not totally relocate there, you know, to uh, <laughs> at least earn enough money to, you know, kind of regularly make trips to New York because, uh, you know, I'd love to read around that area. I mean, no offense to Maine, but, you know, I, I, think, I think my stuff is a little more experimental than, you know, what a lot of people are probably into. Are, are there readings in the main area that you know of? Have you ever gone to anything? Yeah, I, I, I don't know his name, but there is one professor uh, from, you know, one of the divisions of University of Maine, and supposedly he organizes uh, readings and stuff, but, you know, like I said, I've never really pursued it. Hmm. Well, do you, have a, uh, do you have another poem to read? I sure do. I'd love to. Let's hear it. Uh, let me just... While, while you're getting it, let me just say, if you'd like to call in, and I, I do see that there are a couple of other callers on uh, waiting to get on, and we will get to you from the 764 area code and the 336 area code, and anyone else who calls in. And if you'd like to call in and read, uh, the number is 646-716-7362. We'd love to hear your work. Um, so, uh, Peter. Yeah, I, I, right after this, I'll probably fire off a few emails uh, to a few friends, I think you know, especially for someone like me, you know, who is kind of isolated. I mean, this is just an incredible opportunity, and you know, makes does make me feel like I'm part of a community, and I think that's very important for all poets. Well, that's a really cool way to look at it. I mean, if you know, it's a, I would certainly encourage you to to participate in live readings in person yeah. because the you know the interaction you have with other poets is is highly rewarding, and it's. Yeah. When you when you read your your poetry in front of people, um, you know you you kind of I mean I guess you get the same thing reading it now I and mean, when you read it out loud anyway you you get to know it better and etc. Yeah, but but the you know the interaction and, and watching other people's reactions as well as listening to other people's poetry helps you develop that community in person and it right. helps. Yeah, maybe I will. I'm kind of inspired. Maybe I will poke around and see what's going on and. The Buyaka Forests of Maine. 
Okay, you ready for, you ready for the uh, next poem? I'm ready. Okay, it's called Gospel. At times, I have spoken in subtitles, protecting what might have saved me. I've cut the tightrope between the zoo of shadows and the elaborate horizon, as if there was any other chance at happiness. I saw one last flash of near adrenaline, a supernova, then went under. What's already threadbare cannot be pawned, so I comb the local junkyards for further pieces of mystery. But the healing knife of redemption can only be approached on crutches. I'm too often unnerved by crickets before I reach that point. I cannot count the times I've been left for dead in the forest of translation. How many times I've played virgin to the eventual because I could not lift my eyes or thought how I am elegant only in passing, how I am only what I can metabolize. Half praying, half pretending against the portal lights, I am a singularity caught in the whirlwind of my daily repetitions, a fountainhead. That's all, folks. <laughs> That's funny. Um, uh, Peter, well done. You, you have a great reading style, and I think it would um, really translate well to a, a live in-person audience as well. Thanks. I appreciate Sol that very much, Rick. Solid work. Solid work. I, it was a pleasure to feature you on the Poetry Superhighway with Big Papa E. I don't know if you read his his poem, which is a really interesting found piece that he did. I'm yeah, the, the uh, grocery list. Right. Uh, um, what is we, it? A, a grocery list on a Walmart receipt. <laughs> Something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. uh, he's, he's a guy who, he's not from L.A., but he's he's read through here, and he's part of the like the, the touring slam circuit. And a really right, right. I remember reading that, yep. <laughs> dynamic guy. So um, it was... You know, you and him, completely different styles. <laughs> it's funny that you said that. The, I thought the exact yep. same thing. I was like, one I'm of, I'm the antithesis of him. Yep. Exactly, and it's one of the cool things I get to do on the Poetry Superhighway is just put so many different kinds of things, mm -hmm. uh, so many different kinds of things up there. Um, but Peter, thank you so much for calling in. Thank you, Rick. I really enjoyed myself. Cool, and, and call in any time. We do this every month. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Oh, that's fantastic. I thought it was well, like once should, a year for some reason. Hmm. Well, you really should be uh, reading every word of every email I send <laughs> out, and I'm highly disappointed that you're not. <laughs> I'll make a note of that, sir. <laughs> okay, right. have, have fun uh, with the rest of these poems, Rick. Thank you so much. Okay, take so care. That, bye. It was uh, Peter Schwartz from Augusta, Maine, calling in, first-time caller. He was uh, featured on the Poetry Superhighway February 18th to February 25th with a great poem, um, you, of course, should read all the poets uh, in the Past Poets Archive because, of course, they're all wonderful. Um, but uh, so cool to be able to hear people live as well. If you want to call in and read your poetry, and you should want to call in and read your poetry, uh, the number is 646-716-7362. It's a step easier 
than showing up to a live open reading. I mean, you, you don't have to be nervous about standing in front of people. You don't have to be wearing clothes. You know, there's so many reasons why this is, you know, should be easier for you to to uh, participate in. So do call in. The number is 646-716-7362. Um, and before I get to the next caller from the 760 area code, um, there's a couple other ways you can participate. You can... Uh, you can actually, if you go to the Blog Talk Radio page, and you're probably already if you're listening, uh, there's a live chat room with other folks in it who are uh, doing their best to try to make me laugh during the show, and I'm going to uh, do my best to stay focused and and put on a good show for you despite their efforts. Um, and also, uh, I'm on uh, AOL Instant Messenger. My screen name is Rick Poet, and you can send me a message there if you plan on calling in or if you're in the chat room. Uh, it's it's great if you send me an instant message saying, hey, I'm the caller from such and such area code, so I can actually refer to you by name rather than number. Um, or maybe you, you'd like to be a number. I I don't know. It's it's really your call. I, I don't mean to uh, set up guidelines for your life. But, uh, here we go. We've got a caller on the line right now from the 760 area code. Hello. Hi, Rick. It's Brandon Simha from Valley Center. Hey, Brandon. <clears throat> Welcome back to Poetry Superhighway Live. It's good to be back. It's interesting hearing somebody from the other corner of the nation, uh, hearing some poetry from Maine. Good Sunday afternoon. It certainly is. Yeah. So how are you doing? I'm doing well. I wanted to thank you for putting some poems on the website last, uh, let's see, it was February, I think. Yeah, February 4th through 10th. Um, you were featured with uh, Brian Tracy as well. I appreciate that you sent in work. Well, I... I appreciated being asked. I I think it was the January reading I, I called in and you encouraged me, and uh, so that was a real quick turnaround. Thanks. <clears throat> no problem. Sometimes uh, I put up people the same week that they um, that they uh, send work in, and sometimes it's six months goes by before I, I get to some poetry that I like. So I guess it's just whatever happens to strike my mood as I'm reading through the poetry every week. I just, you know, people always ask me, you know, how does it work? So if you if you send in work for poetry, Poet of the Week consideration, I, I save it for six months. And, uh, you know, I have kind of my own system of marking, and I, I, I really do kind of look through all the, the poetry and, and, you know, every single week and from the way that I, I marked it and try to, you know, see what rises to the top that week. You know, really, if it's, again, from poetry from that week or poetry from six months ago so uh, don't get disheartened if you haven't heard uh you know after a couple of months right i think i i included one in there that was about february so i i was i was trying to trying to get the timeliness there so uh the, i'm going to read uh one of those poems called cool. all, all about you forgive me for being contrary but some things must be said the sky is falling while the earth pushes us forward. So as for the expanding universe theory, I offer our lives as counterpoints. Who can deny that it is all collapsing? Sleep bows our heads. We must submit even to dream dreams, then the heavy awakenings. Haven't you felt the weight across the shoulders, the gravitational force of the heart developing into a black hole from its ingrown blooming when our arms first drifted into the embrace of shoulder sockets and legs, flew up into our hips. So now we bind. A collapsible population. The weakest point in the universe is my hometown in SoCal, where 
No one can turn around without bumping into the consequences piling up at the base of the mountain. You roll your eyes. Would you turn them inward to reveal facts to the contrary? Or is that your universe closing in? I would surrender to your gaze and throw myself in. Would it not add to the pressure of everything rushing toward you? And Very nice. The title confused me. I, I thought at first it was a poem that you'd written all about me. It, um, or, or yeah, it, you know, I've always had a... Uh, I've always felt odd about poems that are in the second person. Sometimes you understand it as an, an implied narrator, and uh, and sometimes it appears that they really are speaking to me. So I, I thought I needed a um, a second person poem that uh, that did that. And, and Rick, I, I apologize. I, uh, I I really don't want to add to the gravitational pull of the Earth rushing towards the vortex of uh, Rick Lupert, but. Uh, that's that is really a uh, a fictional uh, second person. It's uh, it's not it's not you. Well, I, I certainly appreciate your acknowledgement of my mighty gravitational force. Uh, okay. Well, you know, it, you know, uh, in, in a very very good way. Look at what you're doing on a Sunday afternoon. Look at the uh, the poets you're drawing from all across the country. You are you are a gravitational force. You are it's the kind of sun. Tonight when I. When I go outside and things start falling on me, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's one of the issues of, of, you know, filling that, you know, part in the universe. But uh, you got another one? Sure. Uh, this is a new one. This is called Border Crosser. Where the road from playas twists to aim all four lanes at La Linea, a line that fades if not highlighted, a red sedan stalled in heavy traffic smothering any downhill momentum toward the digital surveillance slots. A hungover passenger climbs out, his beard measuring four careless days. As he leans against the trunk, his forward fall rolls his junk home, past the rainbow vendors of mementos caricatured by migration. His fatigue, the rising against gravity, the lanes like metal bars of a cage, La Vieja, raising a box of chiclets, amazingly animates me to get out of my car and help push for home. Great. Thank so, you, Brandon. Thank you, and, and uh, thank you to uh, everybody that's listening in across the, uh, the, the nation. And possibly the world. You know, the first uh, week or two, we... Um, we um, we had a couple callers from we had a caller from London actually so you know that's the, the beauty of the internet you can call from anywhere in the world if you happen to be awake when the show is on and uh, and um, and in fact it's not even a long distance call if you have the right you know computer and you can click on the, the call in button on the website without actually using your phone so uh-huh. the the potential is is uh, amazing I, so Brandon you you've called into the show before so you're one of the uh, the few regulars I've had, so I want to thank you for for being a, a repeat customer, as it were. No problem. And, and let me just give a little plug there. You mentioned London. A little sure. plug for your book exchange. If there are people listening that haven't been involved in the Poetry Superhighway book exchange, I've had the opportunity to to exchange books with people from London and Israel, and uh, and it's a, it truly is an international event. 
Well, great. I was just gonna gonna talk about that. So, do you you participated in the most recent poetry exchange? Yes. Now, this time around, I, I'm uh, I'm sending something to someone in Washington. I and I'm trying to remember. I think my book is come. I'm receiving one from Mississippi. I think I, I can't remember right off the top of my head, but it's a, it's always wonderful. I've I've received them from Florida. I've received them from London. It's uh, it's been a great way to. Uh, to find uh, other people that, uh, of course, uh, there's there's so much out there. There's so much poetry in the world, and uh, this is a way to really kind of get a ground level view. Uh, I think, and I like it. Well, cool. I'm I'm so glad you participated in it, and and thanks so much for calling in as well again, and, and again being a repeat uh, reader. Well, happy Sunday, Rick. Thanks you too. Have a have a good rest of the day in Valley Center. Okay. Bye now. All right, that was Brandon Sema from Valley Center, California. Uh, we're going to get to our next caller from the 336 area code shortly. And I wanted to mention uh, a couple things really quickly before we do that. First of all, um, please uh, call in. Um, there is a, we've got a half an hour left in the show and plenty of open lines. The number is 646-716-7362. Um, at this point, you'll get to read at least a couple of poems, and uh, we've already had poets read from Maine, Santa Monica, other parts of California, um, and it's all about hearing from as many people as possible from all over the world. That's the mission of the Poetry Superhighway. So um, Brandon mentioned the Great Poetry Exchange, which uh, most of you listening probably are aware of, but every year we do this project where if you pledge to send a poetry book to another participant, you will in turn receive a book from another participant. So uh, we had 90 people this year join in, and uh, uh, people from all over the world, from Israel, from England, from America, from Canada, everywhere. So uh, we collected pledges of books all throughout uh, February, and then on March 1st, I sent an email to everyone and said, hey, send your book here, or send your book here. And uh, even now... Poetry books are flying all over the world to uh, different people randomly selected. And just for participating, someone out there will will read your poetry book and uh, you will receive a random poetry book from another random poet. And um, the feedback on it has been been pretty, pretty great. And another poet who participated is now on the line from the 336 area code. Hello. Hi. Hi. And yeah, and I I was chatting with you online, and I hear you uh, have a, a bit of a, a sore throat situation. Strap throat, would think. Well, I'm so sorry uh, that that uh, you're in that situation, but I'm I'm so happy that you called in. Thank you. Now, tell me how to pronounce your first name. I don't want to get it wrong, which is why I didn't say it out loud. Lanaya. Lanaya. Linnea. No, Linnea. Correct. Okay. And where are you calling from? North Carolina. Can't you tell by my accent? <laughs> well, I, I don't like to, you know, uh, uh, make assumptions based on people's accents, but it is a, it's quite an endearing uh, accent that you do have, despite your uh, sore throat, your strep throat. You. I've been quiet all day, so I could do this. What an honor. So um, 
You um, you mentioned to me that you uh, and I you participated in the Great Poetry Exchange as well, right? Yes, my publisher did for me. Okay, and what's what's your book's name? Within the Garden of Linnea's Darkness. <clears throat> there you go. And have you already uh, received a book from the other poet? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Well, the deadline hasn't passed yet. It's uh, next week. But thanks so much for uh, for participating in it. I just hope somebody likes my my kind of poetry is a little different. Well, you know that's the you know it's uh, it, I can't tell you, Linnea, how many people have said that to me. And and if you look at the kinds of poems that are published on the Poetry Superhighway every single week, I mean it's it's different styles every week. I mean as I was just talking about with um, Peter Schwartz, you know the the poems that he was up online with a few weeks ago at the same exact time as this other poet, were completely different, the same week and the same issues. So, you know, that's sort of the mission of the Poetry Superhighway, as I've said, is to expose as many people to as many other people's poetry as possible. So um, your poetry being different makes it perfect for a perfect fit for, for anyone, for us anyway. I'm obsessed with ancient Egypt, so a lot of my poetry I do own ancient Egypt. That's great. Well, let's uh, let's hear one. All right. This is going. This is from when I first started writing five years ago. I'm going to read one from then and one from now. Okay. This is called "Arise, My Love." Arise, my love, and come back to me. I chant from the book of the dead, from the valley of the kings. Five thousand years in the other world, we have paid a fee. Together in this life, our hearts will sing. Arise, my love, I chant over your wrapped body. Please, the black chariot of death, bring my love back to me. The soul you possess is so horrid and ungodly. I would perform any sacrilege for our love again to thee. With you, I shall unleash a demon from hell. But I don't care because I am the reincarnation of your old love. I stand looking at the mummy of your earthly shell, knowing when you're in my arms again, we will be as free as doves. Arise, my love, from the dark, deep, dark depths of hell. Come back to me, take my hand, and together we will walk through life's vast well. To touch your face, your unholy veil. To be again in a new land, unknown ventures that will be the scale. As I stand chanting the words above your head, your mummified body breathes its first breath of air. <coughs> I vowed to you long ago I would bring you back from the land of the dead. Your eyes open, then at me you stare. Very nice, Linnea. Now, let me ask you a question. The, the phrase, arise, my love, um, now I recognize that from uh, from Song of Song, Song of Solomon. It's it's one of the psalms in there. Is, uh, is that where you got that from, or is that a complete... No, I just popped in my head. Okay. Well, it's it's funny, because, you know, you're, you talk about being, you know, uh, obsessed with ancient Egypt, and you, yeah. um, you're... you're 
you know, are using words that come from basically around the time that ancient Egypt exists existed, you know? <laughs> Unusual, huh? Or, you know, maybe there's no coincidence. I don't know. Ain't my husband. I'm weird. Okay. <laughs> well, okay, the uh, next point is fairly new. I wrote this, I say, within the past couple of months. It's called Bountiful Harvest. Looking out upon the giver of life, the river Nile, each year at this time I pray the same prayer. If you do not flood the plains of the Nile, there will be famine and starvation. My own family may succumb and die. So I stand before you a simple man. Ra, God of the giving sun, shine your light upon my crops so they are fertile and my family will be fed. I bow before you, my God. You are so fair. Happy God of the Nile, hear my plea. You are a benevolent God. And in in your decisions, I dare not question you as to why. Oh, God, happy God of the Nile, you haven't failed me yet to make sure my family is protected and cared for. Each year, all happy, it seems you intervene to keep God steady at bay. Set, set, a God I so fear, him being the deliverer of chaos. Seems you always step in, my God, happy, happy each year. The harvest seems better than the year before. I have no way to thank you except with my reverence and respect. Within your divine countenance, all happy, it is my will to never stray. Find it within your being to continue your blessings. I bow to you for your blessing. I could ask for nothing more. Happy, I pray to you, you are a creation of Amun, creator of everything and all. I am but a simple man, a farmer, really not worthy of the blessings you so freely bestow. I try to keep the goddess Tefnot happy, so the rain will always continue to fall. Tefnot, goddess of rain, hear my unworthy plea. So the river Nile may always continue to flood and flow. Happy you must work hand in hand with Tefnot to assure the waters of the Nile will rise. Flood up flooding the surrounding land to ensure many a bountiful crop. Just as Ra rides his chariot of light through the day, each and every night he must go to the underworld. He must actually die. But each day he arises, bringing a a brand new day. Others may get in his way, but his duty to his people, no one can ever stop. So, my God, happy, your unworthy servant, ask for your help for yet another year. Beseeching to you, bless the waters of the Nile, as you have always freely done. Apep, keeping this goddess at bay, making sure the waters flood. 
say not one of your servants experienced any type of fear. Amun always having a controlling hand in the rain, just as he does in the sun. My benevolent God, happy, I know you hear all my prayers, just as you do others. You are dependable, seeing to wit the waters. No one goes hungry, and all your subjects are fed. We need a bountiful crop. So we all may be fed in Amun's domain of Egypt. We are all brothers. You keeping all chaos away after everything <coughs> done, everything said. <clears throat> Here we go. Well, Linnea, thank you so much for, for calling in all the way from North Carolina. Um, and I, I don't want to keep you on the phone much longer because I hear you're, I know you, you, you mentioned in the chat uh, that you, You've been keeping quiet all day, just so you could uh, you could uh, be able to call in, and I really appreciate uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to call in. Thank you so much, Rick. Let me ask you a quick question before I let you go. Do you are there any readings that you know about in your area that you uh, participate in or go to? None ever? whatsoever. I'll be honest. <clears throat> While I can't recommend it enough, as I as I always say, you know, it's a, it's a great thing to be able to interact with other poets and share your work. Nobody can so. read your poem like yourself. Exactly. So, like, if you get to go to an open reading and, and share your work in front of a bunch of people, then uh, they're going to get it in a different way than if they, you know, if they see it on the paper or on the Internet or whatever. Absolutely correct. All right. Well, um, thank you so much for calling in again, and thank you for participating thank you for in the great... Read, Rick. No problem. My pleasure. Call anytime. All right. Thank you. Bye. That was uh, Linnea Lee from North Carolina. She uh, uh, not feeling so well today. She's got strep throat, but she managed to call in anyway. She's a participant in this year's Great Poetry Exchange, the seventh annual Great Poetry Exchange. Hey, if you participated in the Great Poetry Exchange and you haven't sent your book out to the uh, other person uh, who I uh, emailed you to, please do so before next Monday. That's your deadline. Uh, we definitely uh, want to make sure that we um, get our books out and honor our commitments to everyone, so so do that. Um, and if you didn't get the email from me on where to send your book, then just send me an email, and I'm more than happy to resend that. The good news, no one has missed a deadline yet. Yay. But if you wait till after next Monday, you will have missed the deadline, and I promise a, an increasingly more annoying series of emails coming your way with reminders on on sending your book out. So there you go. Um, all right, so if you want to call in and read, the number is area code 646-716-7362. We've got a few open lines. I have um, a caller on the line from 503. I'll get to you in just a second. We've got about 15 minutes left in the show or so, so there's definitely chance uh, for, uh, for you uh, to have your work heard. And um, and uh, then archived forever. That's right, forever in the uh, Blog Talk Radio archives. You can listen to any of our past shows just by uh, visiting the Blog Talk Radio po- uh, page at blogtalkradio/psh, and uh, you can hear them all. All the stupid things I've said on the air, all the ridiculous attempts at being humorous, and all the wonderful, wonderful poetry by many people who've called in from all over the world in the last several shows. For those of you who tried to call in last month, I want to 
apologize. It, it wasn't my fault, but we had a, a show scheduled a month ago um, on February 9th, I believe it was, and uh, there was some kind of problem with Blog Talk Radio. It was all ready to go. I sent out the reminder email, sent out all the invitations, and uh, when I tried to call in, I wasn't able to. I, I got in, but then I kept getting a, a message from Blog Talk Radio saying that there was some kind of error. So I uh, couldn't host the show, which was a drag. Um, and there were a lot of callers I could see waiting to read poetry. So apologies if that was you. Um, but thanks, uh, thanks for your patience, and uh, thanks for calling in this week. Again, the number is 646-716-7362. And right now we have a caller on the air from the 503 area code. Hello. Hey, good day. Good day. Who's this? Yeah, I'm Andrew Johnson. I'm a poet. And Andrew I'm Johnson. Where are you calling yeah, I'm from, in Portland, Portland, Oregon, actually. I'm calling to read a poem as I've been, um, this Poetry Superhighway has been sending me um, the link towards your um, um, on, online poetry radio. <coughs> and I'm um, the poet. <laughs> That's great. Well, so um, this is uh, your first time uh, calling in, I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah, well, my poem is titled, Today is a Day for Everyone. Well, make no sense you get up today with bombs and guns and lethal weapon of mass destruction planning to kill. Today is a day for the preservation of life. Today is a day when everyone should live right, matters not where you're from, regardless of the color of your skin or your complexion, regardless of your language. You could even be dumb. You could even be blind. Now, as from today, we must have some form of change. Our thoughts has been rearranged, and our evil conscience has been buried away. Well, as the blackness become light and you see the light rises in the sky, so you say today is a new day in this continuous sequence of life. Now put the past behind and put the future in front, but make sure put the present in the right place so life won't be the way it always be and when we wake up we are in war and anger no more. Put away war, put away violence, put away weapon of mass destruction. Today is a day for everyone. And that's a poem. That's great, Andrew. Thank you. Um, thank you for uh, for reading that. Listen, um, uh, ju- I'm just making a wild guess here, but um, I'm guessing from your accent that you're not originally from Portland. Yes, I'm a Jamaican. A Jamaican. Yeah. Well, there you go. How did you How did you make your way to Portland? Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> I, I, I did travel. I'm, I'm a poet, you know, as a poet and a musician. Um, you know, I think I'm a traveler around the United States, and then end up getting um, end up in Portland. <laughs> No, no, so are you, are you literally just traveling, sharing your poetry? Is that is that the not at this perfect? time? At this time, I've been really um, in residency and cooling out. But I still I do perform live and um, read poems whenever I can. I do write a lot, and um, like now I mainly do um, I do my own um, chapbook publishing. But I'm really going into checking out presses, universities, colleges, press, and um, thinking about submitting my works to them. Also, uh, magazines. Um, well, that's great. You know, it's been, it's it's the process. Everyone is uh, everyone's trying to trying to get it done, and it's uh, it's not easy work. Um, but if you can do it, if you can get you know set your mind to it, eventually you'll uh, 
you'll uh, you'll you know have some yeah, success, I'm sure. Um, in 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 a sense, I've learned a lot of things through music, and um, I just think that is a thing. Like if you pick up a small pebble every day and throw one at a spot, sooner or later you will have a big pile. You know, so it's a lot of small things that become big things. You know, our small things are are bigger than even big things because a number of small things can be bigger than a, a big thing. So I would encourage a lot of people to just keep doing it, keep adding to it. Don't even look for a result. Look forward to more what you're doing. You know, because if you look for a result and the result don't come forward, you might be disappointed. You know, but if you just do it and, and get a result, then um, you'll be satisfied with the result you get. Well, that is um, that's excellent advice. I mean, you know, it's uh, being someone who runs a publication. You know, essentially, I have to say no to a lot of people because anyone who runs yeah. a publication yeah. or a press, you, you know, I can tell you, you get way more submissions than you can possibly use, and it's yeah. it's not necessarily a statement that, you know, if you don't put someone's work in, that it's bad work, or you know, it just it just doesn't, you know, you just don't have room for it, you know, or it's, yeah. it's yeah. not the, so it's. Um, and it's it's unfortunate. I have to tell you, you know, sometimes uh, people are, are kind of negative about it, and they yeah. it's not just disappointment, but they, you know, they'll say, "Hey, well, I'm I'm never submitting to your publication again. This is horrible that you didn't put yeah. blah blah blah." So yeah, they should it, keep trying because every every every, every publishing you go to, they're gonna encourage you to try again. Because um, because I mean that's one of the things why I'm saying, um, you know, like. I, I, there's a time when I used to have expectation, like, oh, this is what I want to do. This is, I want to be famous. I want this, but like, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm like, no. What I really right. need to do is write and know what I'm writing about, and make it be substantial. And if anyone should captivate upon it, it would be beneficial towards them. And I think that's the best thing because, um, you know, you know, as I said, you know, you don't want to like, oh man, I'm submitting this and. If they don't choose it, I'm going to be disappointed. If they don't choose it, that's just it. Maybe it's, it's just for somewhere else. You know? Mm. And, um, it's like working until you meet the right person. You don't want to work with the wrong thing or the wrong person. You really want to work with the right person and the right thing, so you have to work towards such. And I think that's, that's one of the things that a lot of people need to know, you know? Cause right. You know, if everyone going to music like, oh yeah, I'm going to be famous, I'm going to make hit songs, I'm going. But really and truly, what they just need to do is make songs and make music and just go about and do what they have to do. And maybe just right. by doing what you have to do, it will take care of everything else, you know. Right. I mean, it's it's about the art, you know. It's uh, it's about making the art and and being true to it. And it's not that you shouldn't do what you need to do to try to get it out there, but if you yeah. if you focus on that, it, you're you're losing sight of. Of of the actual art, which is yeah. you know n- not productive. The benefit, and a, a lot of artists need to know too, because we know that the, the reality of it is that a artist will be of this generation, but the work won't take off in this generation. The work might take off in the next generation. You, you know, it's right? These like, like even visual artists. Most of the visual artists that we study now, or we look at their work, in their generation, there maybe have been just people just passing by as common people. <laughs> right. Um, you know that's that's so, one other thing. You know. So do you have a do you have another poem? Yes, I could read another poem actually. And um, I was looking at this poem. I call one, one. All right. Before before you do, um, get get ready to read. Let me just say, and we've got um a little less than ten minutes, and we definitely have time for another another caller. Um, so if you can call in in the next few minutes, we, we'd love to put you on the air. The number is six four six seven one six seven three six two. Call in uh, in the last few minutes of the show. 
talking to Andrew Johnson from Portland, Oregon. Actually, he's not from Portland. He's calling from Portland right now, and he's he's from Jamaica. And uh, let's let's hear your other poem. Yeah, this one is a short one, and it's titled One One. One One is doing a whole lot. I saw One One as they come on spot, and just like that, they becomes a million, and there can't be a million without one. The foundation of on nothing becomes one, and one had to one, and that's how these poems are written. One one letters become a word, one one word become a sentence, one one sentence become a poem. And as the light comes shining and the dark take its space, one one makes more than one. And um, that's the poem titled One One. <laughs> Someone in the chat room was just asking if it was about uh, binary code. <laughs> maybe it is, because uh, maybe, in a sense, in a sense um, I think my, this perspective that I look from is just the way things happen. Because I think the greatest teacher, no matter what we do, the greatest teacher is life itself in its natural form and the way it functions. And if we observe it and learn from it, then you found that, um, you know, like scientists, you know, scientists, there's a few things which is so similar to life. And it's just the same thing as I say, everything we do, we take one, one step, it becomes a million step, you know. We can't make a million step without one. <laughs> right. Um, that's the thing about poems, as I was saying, I come back and I'm, I, I get this inspiration from writing poems. You know, I was, I was writing a segment of poem, but I just did decide to write one. And sooner or later, I was like, wow, how did I have so much? <laughs> but it all came from one. I didn't write ten one time, you know what I'm saying? And that's how I come to this inspiration. But it, it might, you know, as I'm saying, it might still be things things which are scientifical might operate the same way. You know, as I said, binary, you know, one had the one and it had one or it becomes two and the two double to two and it becomes four and, <clears throat> you know? Right. You know, it's an interesting comment about how, you know, you... <coughs> You know, it's taking sort of stock of the body of work that one can create, or the number of times one can do something, and that you know you start out doing one thing once, and then you do a second one, and then a third one, etc. And I, you know, in sort of mundane ways, you end up having a whole body of work. Yeah. You know, which which lasts over the period of years. You know, and, yeah. and it's hard to sort of conceive, you know, how how long you've done something. For example, I mean, this is a lot more mundane than creating art, but, you know, we I just put out the, yeah, it was the 547th issue of the Poetry Superhighway yeah, newsletter yeah, or something yeah. like that, you know, yeah. which I only know because I just, I happen to number them, so I know it's not like I'm, you know, keeping yeah. track exactly in that sense, but it's, uh, whatever, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, it just compounds upon itself and we end up, you know, without necessarily trying to, doing a whole lot of stuff. Naturally, <laughs> naturally. So what, uh, you, you said you were in residence somewhere? Do, are you, is it a, a writing residence? Oh, no, I mean, I reside, I reside here now. I reside in Portland now. And, um, in, in Portland, um, and I'm not really like, I'm um, just traveling from Jamaica. I've been here for a while now. And, um, are you, uh, may I ask what you're doing in, in Portland? Do you, yeah, are, well, I you... end up having a family here now, you know, and um, I'm, I do a lot of visual art. I go to school sometime. Um, I have my children here and my wife, too, you know? Right. Um, I guess I well, 
I, I should. I also want to mention that another person in the chat room who's in Portland commented that uh, you had a sexy voice. So you know, if you feel like slipping out for the afternoon, <laughs> I could kind of see if I can connect you with that person. Um, so uh, here's here's the real question: Do you do you participate in any uh, uh, spoken word events or readings in the Portland area? Yeah, I do. I do a few like a small reading. I used to be more active, but uh, like now I've been really, um, as I said, grounded and just trying to <coughs> set a foundation and then make an make an approach. Because I want to come up into the Seattle here, but I have to get the time, the right time, you know. And as I say, I do perform. I have, I have band that I can perform at a reggae music level and um, as a thing known as dub poet, you know. Um, I play my drums and do poetry and um, I do read. You know, but there's a place that um, a lot of people, there's a, a lot of places in Portland, and there's a place that's actually close to my house, which is known as Proper Eats, which is a um, vegan restaurant in North Portland, St. John's. And um, proper Eats, night, you said? Yeah, pro- proper Eats, yeah. Every Wednesday night, um, around 7 o'clock, you know, on, it goes on. And, um, there's, a, there's a few nice reading going around around Portland. That's great. Well, it's um, it's uh, great to hear your work, and uh, and uh, pro- do you know when the reading happens at Proper Eats? Yeah, it's on Wednesday evening, from about seven o'clock up to ten ten o'clock. Wednesday every Wednesday is like it's a weekly yeah, event. Yeah, and um, there's another place again. We are at the Newborn Tribe, um, and this this one is first Tuesday um, of of every month. And, um, you know, like, I, I think they're branching out to a level where they have even singers, um, hip-hop artists. And um, Newborn Tribe is um, is at Martin Luther King Boulevard, 2535 Northeast Martin Luther King Boulevard, um, every, every first Tuesday of the month, open mic. Cool, that's great. Well, Andrew, and thank you so much for calling in. Thank you for reading your work. Thank you for um, telling us a little bit about uh, what's going on in the Portland uh, community. Yes. Give thanks. Bless life and give thanks for life and bless everyone. Cool. We do this every month, so call in again, all right? Yes, certainly. All right. That was uh, Andrew Andrew Johnson from uh, Portland, Oregon, calling in. Um, That's about all the time we have. I guess I talked to him long enough. I don't have to take any more callers. So, but it's okay. We do this every month. Uh, the next reading, the next PSH Live open reading will be um, either the second or third. Uh, actually, I don't have the calendar. I mean, so I'm kind of talking out of my ass here. But it's either going to be February 6th, Sunday, uh, not February, sorry, uh, April 6th or the week after that. And uh, certainly I'll post it online and we'll have uh, several uh, email reminders of it. And I encourage you to call in. Uh, next time we have an open reading, whether it'll be your first time calling in or your uh, regular caller like Brandon was earlier or a uh, featured poet of the week or you've never read your poetry in front of anyone before ever. It's uh, it's all open. It's all about exposing as many people to as many other people's poetry as possible, and um, that's the mission of the Poetry Superhighway. Thanks to everyone for calling in. Thanks for Dave Nordling from Santa Monica. Thanks to Peter Schwartz from Augusta, Maine. Thanks to Brandon Sama from Valley Center, California, our only repeat caller today. Thanks, Brandon. I apologize for slipping into the Freudian gutter, as I tend to do. I hope you can uh, forgive me for that. Thanks to uh, Linnea 
Lee from North Carolina, and of course, thanks again to uh, Andrew Johnson, the Jamaican from Portland, Oregon. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, have a great rest of your Sunday, or whatever day it is, if you're listening to this show in the archive in the future. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Ta-ta.